It's Ken Trahan with All Access. Deuce Windsor of The Athletic is his guest. I'm Eric Asher. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks to Rudy back in studio. Thanks for listening. From the dog catch of the governor, they all got to go. Catch the best prep football show in the country. Ken Trahan's original prep football report Friday nights during the football season on 1061 Nash Icon WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports, all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Monday night edition. Here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Our tuning app available anywhere in the world via iHeart. You can get us via Alexa by telling her to play WRKN or play Nash Icon 106.1 FM. Podcast up at the end of the show for you to listen to anytime, anywhere at CrescentCitySports.com. You can email me at Ken at CrescentCitySports.com or call the show at 504 260 1061. That's 260 1061. We'll get into the Pelicans a little bit later on. The latest on college football, a little bit of prep news too to pass along, but we talk about the New Orleans Saints and their thrilling win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday in Caesars Superdome. And of course, uh, the good and the bad that goes along with it with the injury to Jameis Winston. We do so with a gentleman that does an outstanding job for the athletic. We have an opportunity to get him on infrequently and probably should have him on more. It's Deuce Wyndham who joins us now. Deuce, listen, thank you for the time. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Ken. Uh, excited to come on, and especially after the game yesterday where, you know, basically no pundits, myself included, really thought the Saints would win. I thought they'd keep it closer than all the blowout there, I was predicting, but a uh, very, very exciting day in the Dome. And honestly, uh, that P.J. interception, was that the loudest, you know, that you've heard it in recent memory? Definitely, for me. Well, this, uh, it was look, first of all, it was amazing to see a packed house Secondly, Mark Ingram getting it started with the Houdat chant was special, although he looked weird wearing 14. And then, of course, just the way the game unfolded and the way the fans fed into the game itself. Look, it was a big game. You're playing the defending Super Bowl champion. You've got an opportunity. And obviously, the way it was played and the way it ended was just fitting, given the circumstances. And I, like you, picked Tampa Bay to win. I, I did not see the Saints having enough chance to have success because Tampa Bay is so good against the run and the Saints really don't throw it all that well. Of course, everything went out the window when Jameis Winston got hurt. Uh, but I, before we get into that, maybe, as I wrote early this morning, 
just maybe this is about matchups. Maybe this is just one of those situations that we see sometimes where it's a good matchup for the Saints and maybe not so good of a matchup for the Buccaneers. I mean, I think that the numbers definitely show that the Saints have got Tom Brady's number. You know, and I think that, you know, obviously the, the loss in the playoffs aside because that's the one that ended up mattering. But, you know, him being now 1-3 versus this team in the past two years, Dennis Allen with the scheme, which I thought he did a really, really nice job calling plays against the Bucks offense yesterday, and just the players up front, the defensive line getting healthy and providing consistent pressure and confusion. They, they definitely match up well. I mean, you know, there's obviously some issues for Tampa, too. I mean, their secondary is down to their seventh starting corners. I mean, they, they've had their own share of injury problems like we have. But, yeah, it does seem to be a team that we match up well with strength versus strength. And in a lot of ways, we have some of the same strengths that Tampa Tampa does. We just seem to do some of those just slightly better, at least when we played them in the regular season. Yeah, I think that's accurate, and I do think they had a good scheme yesterday. The blown coverage notwithstanding, other than that, uh, it was it was good. I mean, Dennis Allen has a good defense. The interesting thing was the Saints did not muster much of a pass rush much of the afternoon and evening other than the forced fumble until late in the game when they got pressure, obviously. So, it wasn't all about the pressure per se. It was really just about the, the schemes they utilized, the different looks they gave them. On one play, they rushed just two, as you might recall, and they rushed three a few times, and they just mixed it up quite a bit and gave him different looks. And to see Tom Brady throw the ball right to defenders on a couple of occasions, you don't see that very often. You don't. And, you know, I think that, yes, Rushing two, three is uncommon, but you know the, a lot of the things that they did, and you know, in terms of not getting pressure, they were trying to you know take out some of these early routes, chipping a lot of the tight ends. And there's definitely a play. I think um, Luke Johnson put it up of Cameron Jordan just putting Leonard Fournette on his butt, trying to disrupt him from going into the flat. So they they kept all of that in mind, trying to you know force. Tom Brady into certain passes, not necessarily trying to get him to throw it out quick because we know he will, but trying to make him throw it to limited targets, but simply taking some guys out of the equation. I think that helped too. You know, there's a couple of times later in the game where going through the film, you've got Mike Evans wide open. But to that point, Brady's basically no longer looking for him. And even, you know, uh, in that last drive where you throw the interception, there's a wide open Mike Evans across the middle of the field ready for a ball that Tom Brady never throws to him. And you you got to think that you got to a point where Dennis Allen and Christian Shard deserve a lot of credit because their coverage started dictating how Tom Brady threw the football. And that's really rare to say to what most people will consider the greatest quarterback of all time. No doubt about it. Deuce Windham with us from The Athletic. From the offensive perspective, the Saints did enough. And, of course, it's all going to lead to the quarterback position. But first of all, Mark Ingram. I mean, it was almost like he hadn't been gone. He stepped in, ran the ball hard, makes a couple of catches and moves chains and and picks up in pass protection. Again, not surprised because he knew the system extremely well. And he was playing pretty well for a bad team in Houston. But, again, this was a... I think a very good move to go out and get Mark Ingram and and whatever capital it took to get him, I think it was a very good move. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, they basically pulled off like a baseball or like an NBA trade, giving away a seventh rounder like three, four years in the future. Definitely works out for New Orleans. I love what he brings to the locker room, especially with the, the loss of Winston, who we know will stick around. You know, it's not like we've lost the presence of Winston, but you definitely lost him on the field. So adding that, you know, that extra weapon that you know that you can rely on. I mean, over 50 yards and only eight touches is fantastic production. You knew he probably wouldn't get that much uh, in, in terms of snap count and everything his first game back, but when he was there, he provided and had some incredible blocks, including uh, one of the touchdown passes. You know, he had a, a very nice block on the outside to help keep the quarterback clean. Fantastic to have him back. Looks like boom and zoom, it, it, right back to where they started. And honestly, their press conference after the game was one of the better parts as well. You could definitely tell that those two are really <laughs> happy to be back playing together. Yeah, they are. There's just a there's a great symmetry, and of course, chemistry is always important with any team. Chemistry is only as good as how good your team is, but if you have a good team and you have good chemistry, then maybe you become more than good, and that's what the New Orleans Saints are certainly hoping for. From a defensive perspective, uh, there were obvious bright spots. Pete Warner continues to be a, uh, looks like a very good draft pick for this team. It's great to see Quan Alexander get a sack late in the game. Uh, nice to see P.J. Williams, of course, make the play that he makes. Uh, Lattimore had, a, had kind of an interesting game, got beat a few times and got away with one where he got beat deep and the throw was off the mark, but not as good. C.J. Garner-Johnson was feast or famine. He was targeted much of the evening mm-hmm. by Brady. He was obviously the target of this offense. Uh, that was part of the plan, but he came up with plays himself, uh, although the one in the end zone uh, that didn't happen, he's got to learn just get down with the football, right? So, uh, again, uh, some bright spots on defense. They got Onyemata back, and Passignon had you know some good penetrations in this game. So, by and large, again, much like you said, pretty good defensive effort. Yeah, definitely. I think that you have to leave extremely happy with what you put out. It, you know. We talk about Marshawn Lattimore having great success against Mike Evans historically, but we can't let that change the fact that Mike Evans is one of the best receivers in the league. So if there are plays where he wins, you know, that's fine as long as overall you're having success. And obviously coverage did that. You know, Chauncey is a really good nickel corner, but he's not the best nickel corner in the NFL. So when you have a guy like Godwin, you have to make adjustments. And they did that very quickly. You know, within a couple of drives, Dennis Allen and Chris Richard have now put Roby out there to try to cover Godwin instead of letting Chauncey get targeted. So it was this chess match going on throughout the game and it's adjustments that they made where if they did try to go after somebody where they had a matchup advantage, the Saints didn't just stick with what they had. They they made changes to counter what Tampa was doing. And uh, probably one of the reasons you saw Dennis Allen so excited on that pick six, obviously it's sealing the game, but it's also Dennis Allen putting his mark that he won that matchup between him and Byron Leftwich. And, you know, sometimes they don't go your way. We've seen Dennis Allen not have games that were as great as, you know, yesterday and last night. But that was a fantastically called game. And, you know, ended up playing out to where the defense seals it, which is that's what this team's identity is now, is that defense dominates dominating and winning games for them. Well, it's really interesting. The Saints have now won 6-7 of seven against Tampa Bay. And we all know about the playoff loss last year, and I still, to this day, maintain had Jared Cook not fumbled in the third quarter, we'd be having a different conversation. <laughs> I believe the Saints mm-hmm. would have won that game. And then, of course, the only prior loss uh, to that against Tampa Bay was that opening day loss in 2018 against a backup quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. playing for Winston. So, that's what transitions me to Trevor Simeon because the Saints win a game not only with a backup quarterback, but a third quarterback yesterday, which is pretty remarkable, isn't it? 
It is. Now, to be fair to Trevor Simeon, he is a two-year starter with Denver. I mean, so he had started 26 games. It wasn't like he came out of complete nowhere. You know, if it would have been Ian Book coming in as a rookie with no first-round snaps, it would be a little bit more impressed, but it was still impressive nonetheless to see him come in. And I, I think that we all can admit, if we're being honest, you know, it's when we saw Winston go down with an injury, a lot of people, myself included, went, it started off great. It's really easy to see it going downhill from here. A guy who doesn't have any starting snaps with the team, who hasn't got to work out with that, and obviously is coming in you know, less prepared versus a very good front seven for Tampa. Ends up having a really strong performance. Definitely some hiccups here and there, some passes that were off, a couple bad decisions, including getting saved by a roughing the passer penalty when he should not have thrown a, a pass into the end zone of Traquan Smith. But Overall, definitely a very good day for Simeon. Really interested, like everybody else is, what direction they'll go leading up, assuming Taysom Hill gets healthy this week from concussion protocols if he passes all five steps. But if he does, you you definitely have a big question, which way do you go? Because Simeon definitely fits this team's you know normal mo of how they operate and he is a west coast style short to intermediate quarterback who will pull the trigger if you give him a place to throw it and that's exactly what sean payton is basically running new orleans for 15 plus years so really interested to see what they end up deciding to do uh, with that well if he'll is healthy i would suspect he'd be the guy since he's a guy they've mm-hmm. touted and a guy they've liked and a guy that's won games and, and a guy that was actually competing for that job this year whereas simeon was not but Again, we don't know that yet and how much of an impact coming back will make. And the other part of that is obvious, which is you know, such a big part of Taysom's game is, is running the football and coming off of a concussion. Yeah. Is that really what you want? Yeah, I think it's a good question. And honestly, I'll admit, you know, and while I'm not wanting any harm on Hill, I am worried that, you know, usually with concussions, you see players coming back and passing through that, you know, independent neurologist and those five steps within a week. Well, it's been a lot longer than that for Taysom. So it's kind of concerning to see that concussion extend so much, which makes me want to make sure that he's 100% ready to go. And obviously that's what the independent neurologist is for to make sure that happens. But, you know, as you said, with his style, do you want to risk that? You know, concussions are definitely things where it seems like when players get one, they definitely seem more susceptible to start getting more. You know, where do you find the value in it? I and mean, let's just say this scenario happens where he does miss this week and Simeon plays really well against Atlanta, and then Taysom Hill comes back. Do you make the swap then? I think it's something that they have to definitely evaluate. Like you, I think that Taysom Hill would get the nod if they had a choice between both of them are healthy and make the choice for a game today. But I am curious to see how this develops going forward because you've got to find somebody knowing now that Winston is out for the entire season instead of just hoping he was out with something like a high ankle sprain. And then, of course, there's the whole question about do they look externally to get a quarterback. I know for a fact they they at least inquired about one uh, without uh, getting specific about that, but it seems to me that if you're going to look external, it presents a lot of issues. I mean – The only person that seems to fit would be Drew Brees, and he's not doing it. So, otherwise, in the middle of a season, it's not like you pick up a running back who can come in and you can plug and play that guy within a week's time, or maybe a couple of other positions. At quarterback, there's so much that goes into it with recognition, with with the play calls themselves, with the wristbands, with the understanding of pass protection and your own terminology. I just think that's a very difficult get in the middle of a season. I could see uh-huh. a Cam Newton just to bring in a guy that could do some of the stuff that Taysom Hill did, but not as your, your primary guy because of the way the Saints have used Hill. Uh, with regard to Phillip Rivers, here's a guy that 
you know, hasn't played this year. He's a high school coach. Yeah. Now his season just ended, so keep that in mind. And clearly he was still an effective player when he shut it down, but not quite the same player that we knew and certainly not mobile. So uh, if you go get a guy that's out there that you don't have to invest equity in trading for, then that obviously makes a little bit of sense. Otherwise, what are you going to go get? Uh, Nick Foles? Yeah. I mean, I get, anybody you get, you're going to have to give up something for. But to me, that's why I wrote this morning, I thought the Saints were best off standing pat if, and that's a big if, Taysom Hill is healthy. Because I know, they, I know for a fact they like Ian Book. Uh, they think he's got a future mm-hmm. in the league. They think he's smart. They think he's accurate. It may not be this year, obviously, but down the road. And Simeon, as you mentioned, yeah. has played in this league, and he's played effectively, and he did an effective job yesterday. And if Taysom Hill's healthy, well, you, you like this guy. So I just don't think that you have a better option out there. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, honestly, when it comes to free agents of who are available, and this isn't meant as disrespect to Rivers or Newton or anybody else out there, I wouldn't take any either of those guys or anybody even over Trevor Simeon at this point because at least that guy knows the system. He's been here for several months. He knows what's going on. He's shown that he can operate it effectively. And unless there was some like, you know, oh, Russell Wilson's healthy and we'll give you a discount deal because we're suddenly fire-selling the, the Seattle Seahawks, sure, I'll trade something for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. But realistically, there's absolutely nothing that I would do to change where the Saints are at quarterback and, and like Peyton I think you should be confident what you have and trust what you have you know generally trading or going after quarterbacks in the middle of the season is a sign of a you know like a bewildered and a lost team not a team that's confident and knows where they're going and what direction they're moving in I just don't feel like that's a strong move for them could they reach out and find somebody you know we, we've definitely been surprised by Mickey and company before there's nobody on the free agent market I would rather have than what's currently in-house including Taysom getting healthy and unless something in insanely unpredictable in terms of free agency were to happen before a trade deadline. I think you you have the Saints quarterback after Winston in terms of this injury already in the facility. 2601061 or email Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. Email to the inbox for, for Deuce from Tom. Subscriber, enjoy the site. Enjoy your work. When can we expect Michael Thomas back? That's Tom. A question for oh, Deuce. It's a great question, and also it's one that we're all wondering because I'm not sure he's even back this week. And I remember mentioning, you know, probably two or three weeks back that I was concerned in terms of him playing at all this year if he hadn't come back within two to three weeks of, you know, that expected deadline. And, you know, we've seen him on the sidelines. You know, yesterday he was not wearing a brace, didn't seem to appear to be wearing a brace or anything. I know Nick Underhill put out that picture. He was moving around. We definitely see him interacting with everybody. But walking around the sidelines and interacting and dapping up time Tom Brady after the game isn't the same as going out and playing. You know, at the moment, I don't think that he's coming in this week against Atlanta. Maybe next week. I would give it probably two more weeks before I get legitimately concerned. But uh, right now, unless we see something really crazy happen, probably Wednesday. Remember, Wednesday is the big you know, game planning day. And, and if you're in the walkthrough, you're probably going to be participating in Sunday's game. You know, we're probably not going to see Michael Thomas until next week, but I really would love to see him, you know, surprise us. Visiting with Deuce Windham of The Athletic. Again, it's Ken at CrescentCitySports.com or 260-1061. That's 504-260-1061 if you'd like to weigh in. All right, so looking at the other aspects of this team right now, Brian Johnson, kind of a mixed bag yesterday. He missed an extra point. You can't do that. And it almost came back to haunt them. He did make 
couple of field goals. Will Lutz, we won't see him the rest of the year. Uh, with regard to other players that are out, we're not going to see Andrews Pete. That's pretty obvious at this point. So other than Michael Thomas, is there any help anywhere else down the road that you might see this team having? Uh, I mean, they would. it goes back to what we were talking about, trade talk for a wide receiver. Yes. I mean, they'd have to go well, That's what I was going to say, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah I and mean, we were talking, you know, well, would they you know, be interested in Brandon Cooks from Houston? Uh, you know, obviously the, everybody talks about the history there, but, you know, there was supposed history with Kenny Stills, yet he's already back. Yep. I think if they were going to make one, we would have seen it, you know, with Michael Thomas supposedly, you know, in that returning range. Because remember, Coach Curtis just said less than a month ago that he thought they could both play, both being Traquan Smith and Michael Thomas. Then I'm not sure what move you make. I mean, they really love Deontay Harris, who in this year has surpassed combined what he did the first two years in the league as a receiver. They like him as kind of that slot slash flanker operation. They like what Callaway is doing. And I feel, and I believe the facility feels that Callaway will benefit by not having to be the number one anymore when Michael Thomas comes back. You'll see Callaway mm-hmm. do even better. And then you have Traquan. A lot of this comes down to is Michael Thomas coming back. If they know he is, they probably don't make a move. If they know something we don't and he has had a setback like a Will Lutz has had, then you make a move. But if you think that Michael Thomas is coming back, then I think you're a lot more competent in this receiver room if he's you know, performing at the level that we were used to seeing. Agreed. And with regard to the NFC, it's pretty obvious that the NFC is much better than the AFC this year. I mean, we're looking at... The Rams look really good. They went out and got Von Miller today. I mean, the Cardinals are still good. Now, I'm not sure about them long-term because Murray's getting beat up. He's not a big guy, and guys that run the ball at quarterback, that tends to happen, and he's not that big to begin with, but they're still good. Dallas looks really good, and they win with a guy nobody's ever heard of last night. Green Bay has won every game since being routed by the Saints. So, And then there's Tampa Bay. That's five teams right there. So this is a tough conference, isn't it? Oh, 100%. And teams that we thought would be doing better in the AFC are struggling. You know, I mean, the Bills are, are, are doing fine, but, you know, you look at yep. the Chiefs and it's insane. And I don't think anybody would have expected them to have a losing record coming in. And, you know, teams like the Broncos, led by Teddy Bridgewater, be ahead in the standings, and, and they lost four in a row. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it's definitely a case where we talk about that. At the same time, you know how the playoffs go. Uh, I put everything back on a reset field, but it is definitely something to watch if you're the Saints because that means you've really got to pay attention to the playoff standings, especially with the injury situation you have at quarterback. I've always thought that coming into this year, this team was talented enough to be a wild-card playoff team. Maybe the division, if everything went right, that's still in grasp. But you got to remember, look, even with that win over Tampa, you're still not ahead in the division. So it's going to be a long haul. I think this team has shown that they're a playoff-caliber team. They've definitely got a playoff-caliber, maybe Super Bowl-caliber defense. Just have to see how the offense rounds out because this is still a team that hasn't thrown 300 passing yards. And some people might think that's you know silly or superfluous, but when you talk about this offense, you need them to take that step forward just to prove that they can do it, which will make teams change how they attack New Orleans. You need to show that you can be that dominant offense that you're used to instead of just drawing up you know, plays that strike and they're allowing the defense. You want to see every phase be elite just to give us those Super Bowl aspirations. But this team is playing as well as anybody else in the league right now, in my opinion. And the fact that Sean Payton is 12-3 and over the last few years without Drew Brees shows that this is one of the best coach teams in the NFL. Well, I certainly agree with that. Falcons come to town, and of course, they're an interesting case study because it looked like they were getting their act together 
and then they went out and laid an egg and lost to Carolina and, you know, didn't do much of anything well offensively. Now they were without Calvin Ridley, and who knows what's going to happen with him with his personal issues. We don't know. Uh, somebody mm-hmm. else has just asked that question via email as well. Will Ridley play against the Saints? Don't know. I mean, again, that's a, you know, that, that, that's a personal issue, obviously. And then with regard to Pitts, he's real good. But if you take Ridley out of the equation, you can focus your attention on one guy as opposed to two, and it does make a difference. What do you see in the Falcons? Well, I think the Falcons, I mean, and we've known this for years, they've got a lot of offensive weapons. Now, that offense did take a little bit of a hit in the past couple of years, you know, especially with Julio leaving. And even though I like Kyle Pitts as a player, I said when he was drafted that Kyle Pitts does not win the Atlanta Falcons any more games. A uh, first-year tight end, even who's basically a flex receiver, does not come in and just dominate and start winning you more games. And I think this past week was actually a good example of that. Kyle Pitts, still the dominating force you're scared of, and still didn't win you the game. And without Calvin really to try to help offset that, where really has had a little bit more of a down year. I wouldn't say that he's had a bad year, but I think that this year has shown with this being his first year as the top wideout versus being the number two behind Julio. It's been a little bit tougher for him. Now, I have great respect for him for focusing on his mental health, and you know I, I hope nothing but the best for him. And if that means he plays this week or doesn't, I, I hope nothing but good in his way, in his direction. But Kyle Pitts, as I said, is not enough to win and beat this team. Now, this is, in terms of the Saints' defense, if there is a weakness, it's that short, intermediate middle of the field targeting it in the passing game, whether it's been Malcolm Jenkins, Chauncey Gardner, you know, even catching a, a rookie like, you know, or not, well, not rookie, but first-year starter Zach Bond, who got abused when he was in pass coverage there, even though Pete Warner's kind of taking his snaps. It's something to think about. You know, I think that Atlanta has an offense that can certainly surprise you, and I think that they do enough to win a game. And we've seen that because they went on a little bit of a hot streak. You shouldn't overlook them, and it's a division game. Every division game can be difficult. The Saints are definitely the better team, though. And I don't think even Atlanta would try to argue against that, whether it's coaching, offense, defense. You just got to make sure you don't sleep on them. Don't have this amazing game against Tampa and then come lay an egg the next week because you believe you're facing an inferior foe. They've definitely got weapons who can score and put up points. You just got to come out and play them. When the Saints had to make all the cuts after last season when they had gone for it all and they had to make all the difficult moves financially, the only one I debated was, you know, it was a choice between Marcus Williams and Trey Hendrickson. I think that was pretty clear in terms of which player they were going to invest in. Similar stages of their careers and you know, both productive, Hendrickson and Uber productive, a year ago, Williams probably had his best season. They chose Williams. And I understand why. In retrospect, was that the right move, or did they make a mistake letting Hendrickson get away? Oh, I would 100% believe it was the right move. Uh, as much as I love Trey Hendrickson and love that he's, you know, because I know a lot of worry for some guys coming in is that, hey, you know, you had a great year in terms of sacks and production, and the next year you fall off when you sign a big contract with the new team. He's done well for Cincinnati. But in terms of what they do on the field and what's more important, it's definitely Marcus Williams. You know, even when the Saints defense was not able to convert a lot of pressures to sacks, those, those first about five games, it was still the coverage of the secondary. And, you know, Marcus Williams being back there having tremendous range and preventing a a lot of those dagger plays that had destroyed the Saints in the past, you know, it's 
It's no disrespect to Trey Henderson, but for me, it wasn't even close. Marcus Williams, how he's played the past couple of years and how he's played so far this year, is definitely far more valuable to the Saints' defensive scheme. That isn't to say sacks aren't important, because it's really tough to say that 13 sacks he provided weren't, because they really were. But in terms of what this team uses, especially how much we love to see or we see Dennis Allen love to use like pre-snap to post-snap rotations to confuse quarterbacks, using things like the cover three and cover three match that you need talented players to use, and then using quarters, which every time we talk about quarters coverage in the NFL, you've got to have really good safety play to pull that off. You need Marcus Williams to run this defense. You can use a Tano Passignon, Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, who are all very good in their own right, and still run those coverages. You can't run those coverages without Marcus Williams. Pretty interesting when you look at the Saints drafts. Everybody knows how good the 2017 draft was, but the 2018 draft has definitely left something to be desired. Davenport has not been what they hoped he would be, uh, although he flashes the ability. Traquan Smith, the same type of uh, narrative, I think, would be appropriate there. Uh, Eric McCoy has been a good player. C.J. Gardner-Johnson's been a good player. So they, you know, they hit on two guys in 2019. And then in 2020, Ruiz you know, certainly is a starter. How good he is remains to be seen. Uh, Bond's kind of faded from view. Uh, Troutman's been a big disappointment, although he probably had his best play as a Saint on that block he made on Kamara's touchdown mm -hmm. yesterday. Yeah. And and then, of course, 2021, Peyton Turner can't get him on the field consistently, so don't know. Werner looks like a good pick, and Debo certainly looks like a good pick. And Book, you know, jury's out, but you got a shot there. So you haven't had the great draft like you had in 17. It's kind of been a little bit of a mixed bag, hasn't it? I think in some ways, yes, some ways, no. I mean, like I look at the 2018 draft, and a lot of those guys simply didn't make the team because it was just so full. I mean, they like Boston Scott. They like Natrell Jamerson, who ended up floating around a couple of practice squads. Will Class has kind of stuck around. The Rick Leonard one, which confused a lot of people when it happened, that one didn't really work out. You know, Traquan has not lived up to, I like, a lot of fans' expectations, I think, for him being a number three, number four receiver drafted in the, you know, that third, fourth round range. I think he's been okay. Obviously, you, you want him to, to grow and be a little bit better than what we've seen so far, but yeah, overall, I'd say Davenport's issue is health. I mean, like, if you watch him this year, he's been absolutely phenomenal. But the key is when he's on the field. You know, it's just he's definitely been everything they've wanted him to be, but he's only been here three games. You know, against Tampa, he was one of the best players on the field. And against Seattle, he was one of the best players on the field. But the key is availability, and can he be available? I think with the Saints, one issue that they have is a good issue that They've got a lot of depth. Now, this year kind of throws some of those young guys into the spotlight because that depth has kind of waned when the money finally ran out because of COVID, knocking the salary cap down. New Orleans could have continued to do what they were doing for years if that had not happened. And because that bill got cut short, they ended up having to move for some pieces. But, yeah, I think overall they're still drafting well. I mean, there, there's certain things that you look at, like 2019 with Eric McCoy, who is right there in you know top five centers in the NFL right now. Chauncey Gardner, you know, you'll take that, and then you end up with a lot of sixth and seventh rounders, and generally those don't make it. I think for the Saints, for me, how I judge them. Everything from rounds one through three, arguably rounds one through four. Are you getting 50 to 75% of those guys on the roster contributing? If you are, you're successful. And if sixth and seventh rounders work out, fantastic. If they don't, I don't worry about it. Because you can just as well use a seventh rounder to go get Mark Ingram back. So, No question. You mentioned Brandon Cooks earlier, and I think that's an interesting case study because 
Houston's obviously in a, you know, in a, in a dumpster fire situation. And I, I would think he might be available. Look, he's a good player. He's not a great player, but he's good. But he's one mm-hmm. of the biggest enigmas in the NFL for a guy that young to have modeled that many uniforms. It really makes you scratch your head about what, what is there or what's not there as to why he's changed uniforms so frequently at a young age after being productive. Certainly a good question. One I don't have the answer to, but like you said, you're talking about a guy who's been on four teams in a short, what, seven-year career now? Has it been mm-hmm. seven or has it been eight years for him? I mean, either way, it's surprising to see a first-round pick move around that much. You know, uh, he was a 1,000-yard receiver, you know, just last year and on pace to do the same thing this year in Houston, which is kind of surprising considering everything that's going on mm-hmm. with him. You know, maybe there is something more there when it comes to whether it's locker room, personality. I think one thing I've always noticed with him on film is, for his size, he tries to be a number one. Like he, he tries to be that traditional split in, that big guy, that you know, every down come to me, which is what Michael Thomas is. Mm-hmm. But to me, he's more of a flanker. He's your number two. I mean, he's that mm-hmm. you know, an elite version of a Ted Ginn. You know, he's a, a Calvin Ridley to where when he's that guy and doesn't have to be the consistent you know, double covered and number one corner on him every time. He just dominates. And, you know, when he has to do it solo, he's still good. He just maybe not be the best guy on the field. And I think maybe maybe that's part of it, where he wants to be the number one and he wants to be the best receiver, and that's his pride and that's what he wears on his shoulder. I don't know. You know, but um, I'd still think that if he walked on to the Saints right now, he's the best receiver they have. But if that brings anything else with it that you don't necessarily want, well, then maybe it's not worth it. I agree. I mean, I think it's one of those situations where, you know, what would you have to give up to get the guy? He would clearly be your best receiver if you brought him in. But only the Saints know what's happening with Michael Thomas and when he'll come back. And I think that's it because, to me, I think, as you stated earlier, the only place that they could really make a move to impact this team, in particular now with Jameis Winston out, is to get a wide receiver that can play, a proven wide receiver that can make plays. You know, Drew Brees made receivers better uh, throughout the course of his career. He made receivers better. He could throw them open, uh, make the right decisions, deadly accurate, until the end of his career when he waned down just slightly. And But now the Saints have, have to have receivers that make the quarterback look better. I think the, the, the role is yeah. flipped, and, and they don't have good enough receivers to do that. Yeah, the only one would be Michael Thomas, who is currently not playing. And that's it's worrisome. I think that's why you give a little bit of love to what they've been able to do on the offensive line. I mean, even Ruiz, who has disappointed some when he played center, I think is still a solid guard. I mean, you got Eric McCoy, who, you know, at the time, people were kind of curious, you know, why are we picking this offensive lineman here? Do we need this? It's worked out great. Caesars worked out, you know, so I appreciate that they've given the love to the offensive line that's helped keep this offense together, because honestly, without the offensive line being where they are, this wide receiver problem would be null and void. It wouldn't matter. So you've at least got that to keep this running, and we'll see what it looks like moving forward. Like everybody else, I would love the Saints to have miraculously found a legitimate number two wide receiver, whether that's in the draft or that was in free agency, but, uh, you know, you, you still have an offensive line and a team and a run game and a defense that's built to keep this team going for a couple of years for you to figure out what to do, retool, add more, find a quarterback. And so there's talent here. I love that this is still a playoff team after Drew Brees, and I loved having Drew Brees here. And it was even great to hear Drew Brees talking about the Saints after the game yesterday and how basically proud he was and everything that they were doing. And this is a very good football club, and, and I hope – 
you know, that the national side of the media finally catches on to that because I'm tired of seeing the Saints be ranked like 17th in power rankings, even though they're beating teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, no doubt. Look, they, uh, the, the Carolina game was a aberration because of all the injuries and the coaches out in distraction, but the, they blew the Giants game. That was just a bad loss to a bad team that, that just shouldn't have happened. And if they had won that game, I think we would have a different narrative and be having yeah. a different conversation right now. Like yesterday's going to help significantly, but every year there seems to be that one game that you look back at and say, and just rue the day and say that's the one that messed up our season. And I kind of get the feeling at the end of this season that's the one they're going to look at. It's definitely impossible. And I also say this all the time, even though you hate those games to happen, one of the things that makes the NFL the best professional sport in America, in my opinion, is the fact that any team, any given Sunday, can beat you. Even if it's mm-hmm. the 0-8 now Detroit Lions. They're probably going to beat somebody, even though they just got absolutely demolished by Philadelphia. Yep. You know, that's the NFL. They're all professionals that play at a high level, and it's just simply a league where the worst team can beat the best team on any given day. So, yeah, those games are going to happen. You hate that it happened. Obviously, the Saints were heavily favored to win. You definitely want them to win at home when they're there. All those things are true. But right now, you're looking at a 5-2 and two ball club, and very few people would have expected 5-2 and two at this point in the season. You know, before the season, so you got to be very excited. Final thought before we let you get away: If you had to make your best guess right now, who the Saints' starting quarterback will be this coming Sunday, what would you say? Oh, I mean, Taysom Hill. I mean, I'd be very surprised. And I said before the season even started that my prediction was that if you had an injury in the game, Simeon goes in, Taysom starts next week. And unless he is not passing concussion protocol or something changes, like they just become very confident in what they see in Trevor Simeon's film, I would, I believe Taysom Hill would be the starter for the Saints throughout the rest of the season, with the lone exception being if he's not healthy this week, Simeon plays really well against Atlanta. They might just second-think that and make Ian Book the backup and then have Trevor Simeon run and then let Taysom Hill be his gadget play. But I would be surprised if that happened. He's Deuce Windham of The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter. Of course, read his outstanding work at The Athletic. Deuce, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for the analysis. Keep up the good work and look forward to talking once again soon. Thanks for having me. You got it. All right, that's Deuce Windham. If you'd like to join in the conversation, it's 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 to do so. We'll take a time out here. Still to come, we'll get into the college football scenario. LSU losing a quarterback. More to come. We'll talk about that. The New Orleans Pelicans, not good. Back in action tomorrow. We'll talk about that. All that when we continue following this brief timeout. Ken Trahan, All Access for a Monday night here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Those aren't leaves falling off the trees. They're tickets to all the shows in New Orleans this fall. 106.1 Nash Icons. Nash Ticket Bash. The only station in New Orleans with tickets for you to see Clint Black. Eric Church. Jay. Like you. And Luke Combs. Got the best to me. Get 
Get the code to text every weekday while you work with Scott Innes. When you have it, text it to 68255. We draw three new Nash winners a week. Will you be next? The Nash Ticket Bash. Clint, Eric, Dan, and Shay and Luke. All could be yours. Only from New Orleans Country Giant. 1061 Nash Icon. Well, I started my own restaurant because I love to cook. But that also means a lot of greasy pots and pans. And we can't waste time with endless sink changeovers. So we upgraded to Dawn Professional Pot and Pan. Dawn Professional cleans 58% more pots and pans per sink than the leading competitor. Less dish soap, fewer changeovers, and more time doing what we love. Dawn Professional. It's clean. Upgraded. From P&G Professional. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at UHC.com. Plan benefits may vary. Get your fix for the food you're craving. Bobby A. Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant's full menu is available for takeout or delivery. Whether it's lunch, dinner, late night, or all hours in between, simply go to bobbyabears.com and click order online. And in no time, you'll be enjoying your favorite dishes you just can't stop thinking about. So for takeout or delivery, get your fix for the food you're craving only at bobbyabears.com. Vicks NyQuil Severe tackles your worst cold and flu symptoms, changing this <coughs> into this. NyQuil Severe, the nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, sore throat, stuffy head, aching, fever, best sleep with a cold, medicine. Uses directed. This report is sponsored by Pizza Hut. The original stuffed crust from Pizza Hut is so cheesy, you'll want to eat it backwards. But what if we played this song backwards? One topping just twelve ninety nine. No one out pizzas the hut. Ask for a limited time offer. Not available in some locations. Exclusions apply. Extra charge for more toppings and extra cheese. I'm Ken Trahan. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. Down to third string quarterback Trevor Simeon. The odds for the New Orleans Saints did not seem very good Sunday. Think again. Simeon threw a touchdown pass, and the Saints defense forced three turnovers by Brady and a 36-27 victory before the first full house at Caesar Superdome since the 2019 season. P.J. Williams sealed the verdict, returning a Brady interception. 40 yards for a score with just over a minute to play in the game. Jameis Winston threw a touchdown pass to Traquan Smith early in the game and was playing well before he injured his left knee on a horse collar tackle by former LSU star Devon White. Winston was carted off the field and taken for an MRI. Reports by NFL Network are that he damaged his ACL and possibly his MCL. Now 5-2, the Saints host NFC South rival Atlanta next Sunday. The Falcons lost 19-13 to Carolina. Next Saturday's LSU-Alabama game is set to air just after 6 p.m. on ESPN. Georgia remains the number one team in the nation in the latest AP poll. Cincinnati fresh off their win over Tulane second, Alabama third, Oklahoma fourth, and Michigan State fifth. Ohio State, Oregon, Notre Dame, Michigan, and Wake Forest round out the top ten. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Tonight on The CW, 4,400 people disappeared. Something strange is going on. And when they returned... I saw a green light and suddenly I was here. We apparently traveled through time. Everything changed. They have no idea what happened to them, which is consistent with reports of alien encounters. You're special. Know your power and own your gifts. The all-new series 4400 following All-American tonight on The CW. Tonight at 8 on NOAA 38, The CW.
Now's the time. What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Well, the LSU Tigers, I mean, it's a battle of attrition now for the rest of the season when you consider what's happening. Last week, didn't have enough players to practice right or even have a scrimmage, according to Ed Ogeron, because of injuries and such. And again, you wonder how many are real or maybe not quite as serious as they're suggested to be. All about players and who wants to play and who doesn't, which we kind of saw last year. Well, the most recent scenario to reveal itself is the fact that Miles Brennan announced via social media earlier today that he's planning to enter the transfer portal. He did it via social media. He made a statement, talked about LSU having a special place in his heart. Of course, we know Brennan's story. He had to wait his turn. Three seasons as a red shirt and a backup. The St. Stanislaus product suffered a season-ending muscle core injury three games into the 2020 season when he was playing well. So it's terribly unfortunate. Threw for 1,012 yards and 11 touchdowns. And then, of course, he was going to battle for the starting job with Max Johnson this season. And he broke his arm in an off-the-field accident and never got that chance. Well, now, with Ed Ogeron being gone, who, of course, was with Brennan bringing him in and such, Brennan sees the handwriting on the wall. They've got Garrett Nussmeyer to go along with Max Johnson. Possibly Walker Howard. I say possibly because who knows what Walker Howard's going to choose to do now that Ogeron's gone and the uncertainty exists with the LSU coaching staff. Will he rescind his commitment, as we saw with Aaron Anderson? It's a good question. So as a result, Brennan makes the decision to enter the transfer portal. There's a lot of thoughts about where he could end up. Look, he could southeastern Louisiana could be a good spot, right? They're losing Cole Kelly after this year. He'd have one year left. He'd be awfully good at that level. Look, he'd be good at the FBS level. He's a good player. And it's a shame what happened to him because he waited his turn and lost the opportunity via injury. And there's just nothing that can be done about that. It's just very disappointing, very unfortunate. But LSU's not going to go backwards now. They've got Max Johnson. They've got Garrett Nussmeyer. They might have another terrific quarterback coming in in Howard. We'll see. So as a result, this is the right move for Brennan. If he wants to go out and play one more year to try to establish himself as an NFL prospect, which he could be, then this is the right move to make. He's got to pick the right place where he knows he's going to get the ball and the opportunity to play rather than a place where he'd have to compete for a job because that would certainly take the glamour off of the opportunity to show his skills, which is what he has to do. Because right now he's got to be thinking in terms of a pro career. What can I do to get myself to that level remains to be seen. Of course, where Tulane was concerned, we saw what happens when you're down to your third quarterback. Their defense finally played well enough against number two Cincinnati and gave the team a chance. They just couldn't do much in the passing game to impact anything. It's just very disappointing not having Justin Ibietta really hurt. He's done for the year, and that's why they were down to Kai Horton. And 
just don't have the overall package offensively to overcome not having Michael Pratt, whom they hope to get back. But look, the it was a foregone conclusion, but now uh, the reality has set in. No winning season, a losing season is guaranteed, and of course no bowl game, so that streak is also snapped. We knew this was going to happen, but now it's official to say, and now it becomes a matter of Can Tulane win another game or two the rest of the way? I think they have a couple of opportunities to do that with USF and, of course, with Tulsa in particular. Can they do it? Yes. Will they do it? Don't know. Quarterback health obviously is a big part of that. We shall see. But this has been a very difficult year, if you're a Tulane fan, to watch the regression that's taken place. And the schedule just proved to be too much in retrospect too much for this team to overcome when you were talking about facing this many good football teams in one year. Hopefully the year is an aberration. Hopefully the conference affiliation changes will benefit the green wave in the future. But in the interim, it's tough to be a Tulane fan. It's 504-260-1061 to join us. A timeout here. We'll be back to talk about the Pelicans when we continue in just a moment with more of All Access for a Monday night. Rudy Dixon, our producer. I'm Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Well, I started my own restaurant because I love to cook. But that also means a lot of greasy pots and pans. And we can't waste time with endless sink changeovers. So we upgraded to Dawn Professional Pot and Pan. Dawn Professional cleans 58% more pots and pans per sink than the leading competitor. Less dish soap, fewer changeovers, and more time doing what we love. Dawn Professional. It's clean. Upgraded. From P&G Professional. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at UHC.com. Plan benefits may vary. Vicks NyQuil Severe tackles your worst cold and flu symptoms, changing this <coughs> into this. NyQuil Severe, the nighttime sniveling, sneezing, coughing, sore throat, stuffy head, aching, fever, best sleep with a cold, medicine. Uses directed. Hate checking your mailbox because you owe money to the IRS? Stop pretending it'll magically go away. The IRS can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, even take your home or business. Scary stuff. Thankfully, there's a new way to get right with the IRS. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, an IRS program created specifically to help taxpayers struggling due to the pandemic. This powerful program provides 
its new, more flexible options that can make resolving your tax problems easier. If you qualify, it could save you money. Nobody knows this program like America's number one tax relief firm, Optima Tax Relief. Optima will stand between you and the IRS, fighting to help stop aggressive collection actions and helping to protect your assets. Don't wait till it's too late. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-845-8122. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. This report is sponsored by BioNTech and Pfizer. Festivals, football, the great outdoors. Some people say fall is the best time of the year. It may also be a great time to consider getting vaccinated against COVID-19. Brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine and WhereYouAt.com with your weekend picks for 1061 Nash Icon, sponsored by Sky Vodka. Kick off this Halloween weekend Thursday with live music from Blue October at the House of Blues in the French Quarter. Showtime is 7 p.m. Tickets start at $30. Let the party continue at the Metropolitan Nightclub with two nights of terror and three rooms of music. Diplo's playing Saturday night. Sunday night, it's slushy. For more info on what to do this weekend, log on to whereyat.com and click on the community calendar. And be sure to pick up the latest issue of Where You At Magazine in locations all over town. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com. Traffic is brought to you by DA Exterminating, proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. The New Orleans Pelicans are back in action tomorrow night, 1-6 on the season. Nothing to get excited about, to be certain. They open a four-game road trip going west first and taking on the Phoenix Suns, who were in the NBA championship a year ago. Of course, Willie Green going to take on his former boss and Monty Williams and his former team reuniting. I don't know that it's going to feel so good, though, with Phoenix being as good as it is and the Pelicans being in the predicament that they find themselves in. Why? The absence of Zion Williamson is a big reason. Brandon Ingram didn't play in the last game. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, after a fast start, is shooting just 35% from the field, 26% from three-point range. That's not going to get it done. Devontae Graham is averaging 17.9 a game, but he's shooting just 38.3% from the field, even though he's shooting threes well enough. Josh Hart hasn't been healthy enough consistently. Jackson Hayes has had a, a good moment or two, one good game, but nothing sustained. Trey Murphy is a rookie with promise. Ditto for Herb Jones. That's why they're playing significant roles early on already. Willie Green likes them and he's going to go with them. Kyra Lewis has had his moments but nothing special. Najee Marshall can't score. Tomas Sanaransky's done nothing. Garrett Temple again 
just nominal, and Valanchunas has been good. And Brandon Ingram, of course, has scored 25 a game when he's played. So that's a summation of what the team has done individually, which explains why the team as a whole has not performed well and has the record that it has presently. It's just not good enough. And going on the road for four isn't going to help. Can they find a win somewhere on this trip? Or do they come back 1-10, in ten, not knowing when Williamson is going to return? We said before the start of the season, the key was not to bury yourself before you get Williamson back. Unfortunately, they're heading toward that equation. 260-1061 to join us. Final segment coming up, Monday Night Football in the World Series, as we continue on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food at a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's hands and all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Mark. Or Rommel. If you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. You. This is Robert Maddox, the owner of Han Roofing. I would not worry about hiring a contractor right now. I'd worry about getting my house temporary in. You got water coming in. You're vulnerable, overwhelmed, and you don't know what to do. I would hire someone. I don't care who it is. It doesn't matter if it's me. Call me. We'll try to get to you. But call somebody just to do a temporary. Call us today for a free estimate at 504 737 Your parents reached for Vicks when you were little. Now that you're a parent, Vicks Children's Botanicals Cough Syrup is what you reach for to help soothe coughs and clear mucus without drugs or high fructose corn syrup. That's because it contains natural marshmallow root and ivy leaf to help soothe coughs and clear mucus associated with hoarseness, dryness, and irritants. So look for Vicks Children's Botanicals Cough Syrup, day or night formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Some gifts say, I care about you. Some gifts say, I'm going to wow you. This year, one gift says both. The Oral-B I.O. The electric toothbrush with the irresistible design that dentists will find irresistible for another reason. It improves oral health by delivering the wow of a professional clean feel at home every single day. This year, give the gift of wow. The Oral-B I.O. Oral-B, brush like a pro. Tonight on The CW. 4,400 people disappeared. Something strange is going on. And when they returned... I saw a green light and suddenly I was here. We apparently traveled through time. Everything changed. They have no idea what happened to them, which is consistent with reportings of alien encounters. You're special. Know your power and own your gifts. The all-new series 4,400 following All-American tonight on The CW. Tonight at 8 on NOAA 38, The CW. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have constructive dialogue on all access with Ken Trahan on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. Monday Night Football game has the Giants at Kansas City to play the Chiefs where it's cold in Kansas City tonight. They're breathing air, as you can see visibly. Of course, the story there is simple. Who are these Chiefs that everybody thought would be the favorite 
to win the AFC and maybe win the Super Bowl, where they've been the last couple of years. They're three and four, and they've really struggled on defense, and they've struggled to run the football and with any consistency on offense thus far this year. Can they right the ship? I believe they can, but I don't think they're the elite team that they've been. And in the AFC, certainly right now, Buffalo looks to be the part of the best team with Tennessee, who beat them. Tennessee, though, loses Derrick Henry for the year, which is a massive blow to the Titans, who the Saints play in a couple of weeks. And, of course, they'll play the Saints without Henry, so that's significant. The Giants, of course, are just 2-5, and five, but we all know one of those two wins came against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, that's the one that we talked about earlier, that the Saints may rue the day that they lost that game. Meanwhile, the World Series swings back to Houston. Game 6 tomorrow night, 3-2 Braves on top now. And the Astros kept it alive. Boy, they came back from a 4-0 deficit in the first inning via a grand slam and won the game at Atlanta last night. You wonder, can it happen? Sure, they're coming back home now to Houston. It's very, very difficult to overcome a 3-1 deficit. But they're going home for the final two games. And if you're Atlanta, you do not want this to go to a seventh game. Because if it does, uh, the Braves are going to be in deep trouble. Remember, Charlie Morton being out doesn't help their situation at all. But it is back in Houston. Astros found their offense and footing.